Hello everyone, welcome back to the next edition of the Only Networking Show, news, education and member spotlights from the Only Network. I'm James West. And I'm Kearney Frampton. From Only, we are the business network for people who like people. Fantastic. Well, do not adjust your television set. You will probably notice that Kearney is not Kelly. <laughs> Kelly is absent today, so I'm very pleased to welcome Kearney. Thank you. Kearney is Kelly's daughter. Kearney also works for Only, well, runs Only. Behind probably. the scenes more realistically so we're looking forward to getting Kearney's perspective as a young person a bona fide young person in the networking world so looking forward to having you here with us Kearney um we've also got a very special guest with us today Claudia I've said that wrong straight away Cat. Cat. <laughs> we even had this discussion before and didn't we Claudia Tinarello from sophisticated cloud welcome Claudia Thank you very much for having me today. Fantastic. Good to have you with us. So um, we're going to talk about building relationships online. We've been talking about that a lot this month. Um, Kelly's networking gem won't be Kelly's. It will be Kelly's networking gem. Um, and we're also going to have an interview with Claudia to talk about her website experience and moving to the UK. Yeah. Language barrier, that kind of thing. So um, we'll start off. We're going to talk about building relationships online. Very topical at the moment. Um, only is expanding very quickly. New York in particular going very well. Claudia is very important to this story of expansion of only. Um, but one of the things that keeps coming up, people talk about, you hear this all the time, don't you? Oh, but building relationships online, it's not the same. You don't get the body language. You don't get the feedback. And we've been talking about the fact that in some respects, yeah, there's a point, but there's also a lot of, I think there's a bit of excuse making and there's a bit of a misconception around that whole idea. Um, so I've got some wisdom to share as usual that I've noted from the members, but I'm going to start with Claudia. Because you said something very important when we were deciding what we do with the network, when we went fully online, and you said this. Before lockdown, everyone that I built a website for wanted to meet, every, everyone that I built a website for wanted to meet me in person. Once we went into lockdown, that stopped. And it's carried on that way, hasn't it? Tell us about that and why that's so important. Exactly. So what happened was before, it was a matter of trust, I think. People wanted to see you in person before they could commit and buy a website for you. So it wasn't that I was bringing a website to them and show it to them. There's nothing you can do. So they needed this reassurance that you are a real person. They mm -hmm. trying to understand how you are. I did try to ask them, would you like to meet online? It's easier. They were like, no, no, I want you to come to my office. I want to meet you in person and then I decide if I want to work with you or not. That was very limiting. Uh, I was limited to my area. I couldn't travel further than certain mileage. And uh, therefore my clients were less clients, very nearby, and that was very limited. Then pandemic arrived and people said, okay, I need to be online all the time. I can't meet anyone. And they, the trust started towards people being anywhere, really. And from then on, my client base has changed. I got clients in um, Australia, in the US, New York, um, New Zealand, doesn't matter, because they just meet you online. They trust you based on a conversation. They see you there. doesn't matter if you're physically in the, in the building with them. And, um, so do you fun. find now that people don't even really ask? They just say, can we have a conversation? Because the great thing is, particularly online with websites, you can screen share, you can show yeah. them examples, yeah. you can show them the back end of Squarespace. Yeah. So this is how you edit the website. 
is there really any value in meeting up in person? Exactly. And that happened recently. I was talking to a lady and after the conversation, just having a chat on Zoom, at the end of it, say, where are you based? I said, I'm in Basingstoke. She said, I'm in Basingstoke too. So the location was the least important topic of that conversation. And I said, oh, let's meet for a coffee because there was fun. But the location doesn't matter anymore. Yes. Therefore, because as you said, James, you can show them the back end of Squarespace, other examples. You can jump from one screen to the other. Um, you can reschedule the meeting easily. I don't need to take the entire day off to come and travel to your premises and then travel back. I can jump from one meeting to the other in a matter of um, seconds. I would argue as well, particularly we, we, we built websites pre um, only blowing up the way it has, but it slows it down. I mean, the problem with building someone's website is that there's a lot of backwards and forwards, isn't there? There's a lot of tweaking. There's a lot of reviewing what you're doing. And if every time you did that, you had to meet, I would argue that's why so many website builds are so elongated. You know, we used to talk to people that go, I've been trying to build it for two years because by the time I send them a communication, then we meet. It's like, don't bother. Shorten the whole process. So that's one of those sort of positives that come yeah. out that's come out of a bad situation, isn't it? So Absolutely. thank you, Claudia. Um, Kearney, your sort of approach to networking or your experience of networking is quite interesting because predominantly been online, isn't it? Although yeah. you did start off in person. Um, so in fact, we need to introduce you a little bit, don't you? How old are you? Kearney? I'm 21. Yes, indeed. So um, tell us about your networking, how you got into it and then moving online. Yeah, so I've kind of been on board um, since, you know, unofficially day one, really. So I would come out of college, jump in the car and we'd go to a networking event um, in person at the time and I'd be green. I'd feel sick. It was scary, really scary. Um, good to be out of your comfort zone, but it was terrifying. You know, you're in a room of adults that have built businesses and they're really successful in, you know, it's hard to get to know people when you don't have that in common um, and you're, you know, just come out of school. And yeah, and I, I found that the experience being in the room was really difficult because reading for body language and, you know, making sure that, you know, you, you're not crossing your arms and you're you're looking open and interested in the conversation, but then not really understanding what's going on because there's so much going on in the room that your attention is elsewhere not in a rude way but there's just so much going on in that environment um i did find it quite hard um age would have been a thing as well i was always the smallest youngest person in the room um and it was i did feel imposter syndrome but being online now i still get nervous because i'm passionate about it but i find it much easier to get to know people because the level, the playing field's been leveled. Mm. You know, all of the Zoom windows are the same size. Yeah. Um, I might be nervous. I might have my legs tapping under the table, but you don't see that. That doesn't come across in, in camera. Um, and yeah, it's just a really great experience, I think, online. You know, I'm in my comfort zone. I'm normally at home when I'm having a meeting. And that's, you know, information that I'm giving off about myself to the person that I'm talking to. and the opposite way around as well. I'm looking into someone's life. I'm getting a glimpse into things that they like and it's conversation starters, icebreakers. Mm. Um, yeah, I love it. It is a good point, isn't it? James Gale talked about this. He was on the show last month. He said he loves extending his network digitally. And he said, I think for the younger generation, it's second nature to shift between 
in person organic online for them it's all just one and the same what why why do we i think it's only our generation that probably draws this very distinctive line between there's in-person connection and there's online it's just connection at the end of the day does that how it feels to you yeah i don't think um i think for my generation everything's digital now um coming out of a lockdown period you know uni went online college went online Mm. um your social interactions went online and we've just carried that on i think it's become second nature like you say um there's still room for in person Mm. um but that i think feels more the luxury Yes, than the fun the, bit. Yeah, then the, that's the only way that we can we'll do it. We'll come on to that because we're going to talk about that in your networking gem. But I've got a few more bits of wisdom from members. Um, just a continuation of what you were saying, Claudia. Melody Johnson said, I've never met many of my clients in person. So that's really just supporting what you said. Um, we had a visitor, Anne Wong. She said, this is interesting. She fi- She said, it's easier to build relationships online. You see people's names on the screen, not the backs of their heads. And online networking is structured to allow you to get to know people, Mm -hmm. which, again, is similar to what you're saying, isn't it? You know when it's your time to speak. I know we talked about introverts in networking prefer. But I think most people, if you're not sure what you're going into for newcomers, structure is always better, isn't it? Yeah. This is when you're going to speak and this is Mm -hmm. what you need to say. So I think that's a really good point. Let's talk about this body language thing. We had some great comments from this. Bruce Gregg said um, he doesn't get it. He said body language. He said you can see the person's entire face. You don't get that level of feedback in person. It's what you were saying. There's not all this outside Mm. stuff. You can see their entire face right there on the screen. So that's that thing about I think it's a bit of a red herring. And then Nina Saith said... Um, you pick up on people's energy online. This was a great point. She said, so if someone's calming, you feel it. It works on Zoom just as well in person. The majority of my clients are online. This is the key bit. It's also easier to tune in when you meet in person. There's background noise and more distractions. Yeah, yeah definitely. Agree. Do you find that, that you can just be more focused on that conversation? Yes, absolutely. And I've noticed sometimes during a networking meeting, you can jump on a private chat with a person just to exchange a quick note. If you were in a meeting room, you can't just start talking to somebody else. They would be rude. Yeah. So it's more personal, I would say, although it's online, people would say it's online, it can be personal, but I think it's more personal. And I've made very good friends in the Mm. last couple of years, just Mm. being online. People I would never have never met otherwise if we were face to face, because I would have to travel further, like going to Poole or Bournemouth, London. So yeah. That's fantastic. um, Well, I thought that was a really good one that you don't need a sort of master's degree in behaviour to understand. You know, think about it. Look at the screen. You can tell if someone's bored. You can tell if they're distracted. You can tell if they're engaged in what you're saying. It's just about noticing what's going on, isn't it? Mona King, she extended this. She said, I just talk to people. She said, I talk about hobbies, pets, obstacles in life. I think this is one of the problems with online networking that people think it's got to be very formal. Um, I know Kelly, your mum says this, doesn't she? Mm. That she finds it easier to get into more in-depth yeah. conversations yeah. online because of those lack of distractions. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to Denise Willier. She always gets a mention on the show. <laughs> but um, she said, wasn't quite the same topic, but it was worth mentioning. Um, she said uh, about building confidence and a lot of online is believing in yourself and confidence. She said, 
when I was younger and I wasn't confident, I got a job in the roughest pub in Worthing because I thought that was the best way for me to build confidence. So take yourself out of your comfort zone um, if you're still trying to yeah. build un, um, relationships online. But I think that's the key takeaway, isn't it? That online networking indisputably gives you more volume of contact over a much broader geography. I think the bit that people need to put more effort in is building depth into yeah. those relationships because just turning up, saying your piece, the kind of half paying attention, you've got to give the time to build those relationships online through social media, having the one-to-one. -one. So um, some very good lessons from this mm -hmm. month. Social Thank media. you. Good. Well, let's move on to not Kelly's networking gem. Rob, you're going to have to change the caption. Because <laughs> it's Kearney's networking gem. Um, Kearney's networking gem. So let's just talk a little bit broadly about your 21. You've come into networking. You've already touched on this. But you've made some incredible friendships. T tell us what you were saying before about your generation. and. Yeah, I think my generation probably has a different approach to networking. And doesn't have the preconception that a lot of people would have to networking um it's a fresh clean slate i think um it's an extension to what we're doing already online i think a lot of interactions are online in my generation and it's just you know a business sense that networking brings yeah don't have a huge friendship base i've probably got two really close friends that i talk to on a regular basis but i'm happy with that you know i work with family that's my happy place and I'm really lucky to be in that position but networking for me is very social so one-to-ones is a great place to start um I've had one so page and screen one of our socials um Judy Evans lovely lovely lady I had a one-to-one -one after we met each other on page and screen we've got so many things in common we've been to a northern soul concert with her since then uh Richard Hyron I have a monthly catch-up film catch-up um because he's just fantastic probably about james bond probably about james bond uh there's nothing wrong with that he loves that um nisha hack another person she's fantastic we went for a coffee the other day mm. um and that's you know an in-person interaction that yeah i've just got to know her so well online that we can take that relationship in person but doesn't feel different to any of my other friends mm. the fact that most of that relationship building has been online yeah so th this is about the fact that we were saying earlier i think there's been a generational shift in the people that network because certainly when i started networking a long time ago you didn't see young people you didn't see mm. people in their 20s they were mainly older people that had had a corporate life then decided to set up a business i think what's happening now is that younger people are leapfrogging yeah. that layer and going straight into building a business mm -hmm. so to you, does networking perform a different goal? It's about learning, maybe yeah. learning new skills from other people and then meeting people that you wouldn't normally meet. Yeah. And I think connecting, like you say, I think there's a lot of people in my generation that won't have necessarily that role model or that person close to them that has built a business or is a business owner. And you find that at networking because you're surrounded by those people. Mm. I definitely find a lot of support in that place. A lot of people I have that in common with. Um, yeah, it's just a really fantastic way of um, meeting like-minded people. Mm. Um, I think we're moving away from, you'd probably have a view on this, networking was in its origin very much about what 
give me a referral. Yeah. I'm meeting people that are going to give me business. Is it changed for you? Education, friendship? Do you think that's come to the I fore? would say also depends on the networking group you go to. Yeah. I've been to, before joining only, I was networking a lot. Mm. I was at the beginning of my, um, my business. So I was visiting different networking groups, companies. Um, I noticed that some of them are just there. I don't really care about you. I want to sell you something mm. and it's like I don't know you but they want to it's like that kind of message you get on LinkedIn straight mm. first message say I do this 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 let's yeah. book a call it's like it's not what you do in the middle of the road you don't meet somebody and they straight away I want to sell you something yeah. I want something mm -hmm. from you and then there were me yeah networking groups and others only completely different mm. um it's about being a person getting to know each other good thing about only online or and online meetings really is that you get to know the person first before you go on a blind date face to face because sometimes it's awkward you meet the first for the person for the first time in a room in a real room and you're like oh, i don't know i don't really like you and the hour is very long yeah, it's true, isn't it? <laughs> if you meet online you get the sense like oh, i would like to have a coffee with you actually yeah. and mm. then you carry on so it's like a pre um pre-dating pre yeah. <laughs> pre it's true though isn't it because yeah. to go out on a one-to-one -one and spend a couple of hours which we used to do mm. i mean particularly for a young person that's yeah. probably a bit daunting isn't it yeah i mean we don't do that uh, well me personally i don't do that um i don't i'm not the type of person to go out drinking with friends and i'm very my comfort zone is my home mm. um and i work in my home um and being able to bring people in that environment is brilliant yeah it's ideal and a point that you made there uh, Claudia is that it's just a great forum I, I that was the point I was going to make that I think when I first started out networking I got bogged down that I couldn't offer anything mm. I didn't have the connections and I didn't I didn't know how to help business owners but that's not necessarily what people mm. at networking are looking for yeah. and I think a lot of people may not understand that and people my age will connect with that that I might not be able to give you exactly what you're looking for, but support or a connection or something like that is just as good, yeah. if not better sometimes. Yeah. So there you go. I think that that networking gem is about a generational shift mm. and your approach to networking. I think we all need to be a little bit yeah. more fluid in, in what it means. So there you go. We've done that bit so we can close Kelly's, Kelly's networking gem. <laughs> so final part of the show, let's talk to more specifically Claudia. We've interviewed you-ish, but then we haven't asked who you are. So I'm going to read off my formal bio. I definitely didn't write this morning. Uh, Claudia is a web designer specialising in Squarespace. She is also an author, a keynote speaker, former president at Toastmasters and a charity board trustee. Where do you find the time? She is originally from Sicily, moving to the UK in 2015. Yeah. I've, my note Correct. isn't on there for some reason. No, 2005. Um, and also loves cooking Italian food, which I will ask you about, because that's what we really care about. Um, so, Claudia, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. What brought you to the UK? What was it like? The weather. <laughs> <laughs> I love the British weather. <laughs> Jokes apart. Work. Okay. So I come from Sicily, which is the very south of Italy. If people know Sicily for Mafia, the Godfather, which may be true, maybe not. Careful. I'll leave it there just in case <laughs> in uh, in Italy in general it's very difficult to find work find a job mm. especially if you just finish university you have no 
job experience, pretty much you won't get anything. Or you need a recommendation. You need somebody that knows you, that would recommend to the employer, and then you go from there. Mm. I didn't have a recommendation. And um, so no work for me after graduation, but an opportunity came uh, along. A friend of mine who was working in a call center in the UK for an IT company said, look, they're looking for another call center agent that can speak Italian, English and French. Would you like to come along? It's like, they call it a student job. So you just, they give you an accommodation with other people, other students. You just do the call center job and they give you the minimum salary, but it's a good experience just for a few months. So I said, yes, let's do it. And then, so I got through the interview somehow on the, on the phone and then I arrived to the UK and I realized that as soon as I landed in Stansted airport and I, you know, you know, go, you go downstairs to buy, um, to go to the train station, I was about to buy my train ticket. And I realized that the um, lady behind the counter, she didn't understand anything I said. And I didn't understand anything oh she said. My. I said, oh no, I'm going to work in a call center and no one understands me <laughs> and I don't understand that. And there was um, like a wake up call. Mm. And right, let's do it. I pretty much spent the first three months of my life in the UK without speaking because I was worried to make mistakes. I didn't understand people talking because everybody had a different accent, slang. Mm. I was used to speaking English with an Italian teacher teaching you Ita English. Yeah. So the accent was really different. Different. Where did you live, first of all? Uh, I was in a um, um, house in Farnborough. Farnborough. So right, it's okay. not too far away. Mm. Um, I was living with other students. There were Russians, uh, Spanish, French, Italians. So no one would really speak English. <laughs> it was like a hybrid <laughs> English. And, um, it was quite tough. I was the first girl living Sicily out of my family. All my family has always been in Sicily, all together, everybody wow. living nearby. So I was the first one to say, I'm going to go. Of course, I didn't have anyone to support me at home. Mm. Everybody say, you're just a girl. Where are you going? What do you think you are going to find in the UK? Um, so I have had everybody against me. And when I came here, I was feeling really lonely, mm. not understanding the language. And the first thing you think about is I'm going to I'm going to go back home. But of yeah. course, pride was stronger mm. than anything. I said, I'm not going to prove my family right. So I'm going to stay here cry every single day oh. and I'm going to make it through the end of my contract, which was six months contract. Okay. So I said, I'm going to do it. Call center, my call center manager didn't turn my phone on for the first two months. He said, look, just train, learn about the IT equipment. Mm -hmm. And uh, until all of a sudden this happens to many people living, learning a new language. I, one day I woke up three months later and there was like a switch. I said, I understand. I understand what people are saying. And automatically I was feeling comfortable in uh, speaking as well. Lots of mistakes, but yeah. I got the confidence, but it was an overnight switch. And, um, and then I stayed, said, oh, I like it. After the call center job, they offered me an opportunity to work in, a, in the web team department. That's okay. where I discovered my love for um, web design. And then I moved to marketing and then there was always another job waiting for me. Well, while there was no jobs in Sicily. So I said, why would I go back to Sicily mm. to have nothing while here I'm building something based on my skills, not based on a recommendation of somebody that knows me that would take me somewhere. Yeah. 
and I'm still here. So I came here in 2005 and yeah, been 17 years now. Wow. My roots are here. So I spent the most of the, my adult life in the UK. Okay, so when did you set up Sophisticated Cloud? So that was in at uh, the end of 2019. Okay. So I was um, I worked in a corp in corporate for uh, all the time. I got made redundant four times, and the fourth redundancy, I said, "That's it." I think that's a message coming from someone from above mm. telling me, "Be in charge of your of yourself, your own life." And because I was already building websites, Squarespace website in the background as a hobby, and I had friends and family. So I was doing that for free. I was building my skills, my portfolio. When the last redundancy came, I said, I can actually do this web design hobby as a business. Mm. And I decided to start my business, which was like, okay, goodbye, corporate. I'm a business owner. And all of a sudden, Okay, I'm used to be told what to do, and yeah. now I don't know what am I doing. Now I'm a marketing manager, IT director, finance, everything, clients. It was scary. And you then must have grown really quickly because 2019. When was lockdown? 2020. Yeah, yeah. So a few months after lockdown started. Because when did we meet you? Was it? We 20... met in uh, in December 2019. Wow. So I started in November my business. Yeah. And then we met in December. In Hook. In Hook, for, yes. Four seasons. Wow. And um, and then pandemic started. And I said, oh, no, I'm at the beginning of my business. Pandemic, what am I going to do? It was actually a good thing for me. Mm. Because, you know, being in a web design business, all of a sudden people that were didn't want a website, they were just offline. I have got a, a shop. People don't need to find me online. Mm. Say, okay, now I need people to find me online can you can you build me a website why squarespace uh squarespace i have i've worked with different platforms wordpress wix mm -hmm. squarespace and when i compare them all squarespace is the one that is in my opinion easier to use mm -hmm. uh more customer friendly and re reliable that's my opinion yeah because uh, none of these platforms are perfect, are no, they? You no, know, there we, are some. We, we ourselves were Squarespace yeah. developers, and it is our preferred platform. It isn't perfect, but no. yeah, I think out of all the other ones, ticks it more ticks boxes. the boxes. Yeah. I know, for example, WordPress needs lots of technical care. Mm. You need to back it up. If anything goes wrong, the website fails. And the type of people I wanted to engage with, my ideal clients, who are small businesses with small budgets, they want the freedom of being in charge of the website. Mm. I had uh, stories from clients coming to me to say, my um, WordPress website has just been hacked. I lost everything. Mm. Or my web developer is gone. I don't know where it's gone. So my website is in his server. I don't have access. And um, for me, Squarespace was the perfect um, uh, place to go because my job I, I always tell people I'm your interior designer coming to your house I just make it beautiful so I made a beautiful website over to you it's yours it's not mine mm. so they are in charge of the website they are the owners I'm just the person making it nice and moving away so they are not attached to me for life and they like the independence and also Squarespace is no building a website in on squarespace is not as expensive as building it on uh, wordpress where you need lots of um, development knowledge and care 
So Squarespace is ideal for my clients. And because you're paying a subscription to Squarespace, it's their imperative to make sure the website stays current and live. Exactly. As opposed exactly. to doing it, kind of hosting it yourself. So um, we could talk, we will be talking about Squarespace as part of Only Talks this month. But I'm interested in the whole language barrier thing, yeah. how that developed. It Was it... It was obviously a challenge in the beginning. We've already touched on that. You became a president of Toastmasters. Yes, Tell us about correct. that. So I was working in a big corporate uh, for 10 years. And you know, when you are always in the same company, you never go through interviews. So you're there, a person doing your job every day. All of a sudden, redundancy comes along and you're like, all right, now I need to find another job. That means I need to go for interviews and I need to um, make people understand my skills but how I am I gonna come across and you feel like I don't know how to do it if a friend of mine said why don't you join Toastmasters it's a I had never heard of them and just explain what it is Toastmasters so. is an international organization uh, so you can find a group everywhere in the world where you become a member and you learn how to become a public speaker mm. You go to meetings every month and you can do a, a talk in front of everybody. You get valuable feedback, like it's called evaluation. You get out of your comfort zone, but within the Toastmasters community. So you feel safe, but still you grow. And I decided to join Toastmasters. So I went to the first meeting and um, they asked you, would you like to introduce yourself? Some people, some new people were like, no. And then I said, I'll do it. What's the point of being here if I'm not even opening my mouth? And so I stood up in front of everybody. And all of a sudden, I got that kind of, I like this. I like people looking at me while I'm talking. <laughs> everybody look at me. But that was the, you know, also everyone is so nice. And we're there to learn and uh, to support each other. So they were like nodding and sort of like, I like that. I think I can do this. And I joined. And I, I became the vice president of Mark, um, PR after six months and the president of the club uh, a, month, a year later. And, uh, and I'm very proud because I was president of an English speakers club, yes. me not being Ita English. So that made my, yeah, made me feel more um, like, yeah, very empowering. yeah empowering, absolutely. Yeah, that's so cool. Did it help you then? What's your networking story? Did that was that after Toastmasters that you started? So networking? Toastmasters started first, um, because then I started my business. I went through a job interviews. I got another job. I got my redundant again. <laughs> but when I started my business, I re realized that Toastmasters, my Toastmasters training was key. Can you imagine when you meet somebody for the first time or they may be interested in buying a website for you and they ask you a question, you're like, uh, yeah, I think um, you, feel, you don't look very confident. Mm. They're not going to buy from you. But if you know how your body, how to move your hands, your body language, I'm Italian, therefore like Spanish people, Latin word, we tend to speak very blah, 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 blah. No one understands. So I'm learning. I couldn't I have, even do that for Troy, could you? <laughs> I've learned to slow down so my accent is less strong than it usually is, and people understand what I'm talking about. Sometimes when I'm somebody doesn't know me, they don't listen to what I'm saying. They just mm. listen to the noise that's coming out and trying to understand what's this language. Mm. So if I slow down, they actually listen to what I'm saying, and that's something I learned from mm. Toastmasters. That's cool. How to stop filling words like um, uh, ah. How to move your hands, how to where to look, 
it's key important and it's working skills. it's working for me my business it's very very important well in terms of networking do you think the way that the world's moving now with particularly with online networking does it re-level the playing field for you because obviously you're now at an advantage over us because you speak multiple languages you're used to different cultures have you got any advice for people in terms of online networking so what I would say for, for online networking, coming from, you said it's an um, advanced compared to you. I feel like I would have to work harder to get to your level. So for the, because I had to relearn a language and get to this level. Although I don't feel like I'm, well, I'm fluent, but that words I never heard of. Mm -hmm. So what I would um, recommend anyone being in business today is to probably at join Toastmasters or a speaker club and just learning how to manage your nerves. Mm. Even now today, you I may look confident, but I know how to control my nerves because mm. the anxiety can just jump in. But if you know how to manage it, you look confident. I'm doing something right now that you can't see just to keep myself calm. And that's what you learn when you join Toastmasters or another speaker's club or um, anywhere. So that, that's what my recommendation. If you want to be in business, you have to look confident. Otherwise, no one will believe in you because it looks like you don't believe in yourself if you look, you're like you're shaking, blushing. Uh, yeah, it's a good point, isn't it? I think speak spoken communication, particularly with video, we all need to, because not all yeah. of us are on video, but most of us do Zoom, most of us are now talking across borders. So mm -hmm. we do have to practice it. Yeah learn how to get the pauses are important aren't they pauses the filler words um i'm the filler words are like mm, uh, uh, that if you watch the t the news on tv the journalists they're trained they never use them if they interview somebody on the street they will use like mm, uh, mm. if you're trained like a toastmaster train you pick them up straight away right. and you feel like oh my god i can listen to this yeah and you it's important you may not pick it up, but subconsciously so you pick up that the person may not may look nervous. And um... I've noticed as well online, you've probably spotted this, when people are talking, they don't know when to stop. Yeah. They think <laughs> they just have to continue one long sentence yeah. and there's no... And you end up going, looking <laughs> yeah. for a gap. So I think it's learning to finish yeah. what you're saying, Absolutely. isn't it? Yeah. Also, a similar thing is, um, I think online, people reiterate the same thing yeah. over and over because maybe they don't get the reaction that they were expecting yeah. so they feel like oh, i need to say that again but just it slay like, it in a yeah. slightly different yeah. way and then people are still sat there not listening, yeah. so. and also poses make sure that when you say something stop mm. give time to people to absorb what they say what you're saying and then carry on it's like politicians they may have a, a script like three lines it lasts like 10 minutes yeah. so just look at everyone take a pose so they give time for people to absorb the, the information and carry on other people are nervous like la, 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 mm. i got you out <gasps> next it's funny even you doing <laughs> that you listen more when someone mm. when there's gaps yeah it's funny isn't you it listen more you get time to say what's next mm. when you're speaking too fast it's like you're bombarding me with information i'm switching off i can't mm. listen to you anymore top tips with claudia love it last question italian cooking I'm not being cliched. It does say on your website that you love baking Italian food. 
got any recipe tips for us? Yes, I actually did once uh, Toastmasters, one of uh, the prepare speech. I've done a cookery demonstration on Zoom. You can do it. <laughs> if we were in person, I, it would have been difficult to bring my toaster and stuff. Um, it was bruschetta. People mm -hmm. here in the UK call it bruschetta. The right name is bruschetta. You know, it's a slice, it's very simple. You don't need many ingredients. You just need a slice of bread. Um, and you just chop some tomatoes, drizzle olive oil, salt and pepper, maybe some herbs, and just put it on. So the bread needs to be toasted. So you can put it in a toaster for a couple of minutes or in the oven. Once it's toasted, put your tomato on top. That's it. And you bag, you get them on the in restaurants as a starter. Mm. They charge you like five pounds for a slice of bread and tomato. Probably will cost you like 20p if you did it at home. It's very simple. It may taste better. You hungry now? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't we do a demo? Get the toast. Claudia, <laughs> it's been fantastic having you with us today. Thank you. Thank what you. What a story. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? To go from where you were to building such a vibrant business. So congratulations. That's Thank amazing. you. Thank, Thank you. Very you. Much. Right. Well, that's the show. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Kim. Thanks, Claudia. Thank you. Um, this has been the only networking show. Please subscribe, like, share, and we'll see you again next month.